Welcome to the Marie Menu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello and welcome to the Menu Cherry Show. We are live here Thursday morning in Seattle. Gorgeous, stunning, uh, 88 degrees. Uh, that's what's projected today, really? Maybe? Oh yeah. Wow. We're going to double out the we're going to double out the 8s. Shorts, wow. our kneecaps are showing. <laughs> Let's do it, people. Let's see those kneecaps. Let's get some sunshine on those bad boys. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's going to be really hot I, here for us Seattle people. It'll be a little warm. Yeah, it'll be. But yeah. you're going to be comfortable with I'll it. I'll be fine. I'll you're be totally love cool with it. it. Oh, yeah. It's going to make you very happy. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I always talk about the weather in Seattle, which isn't typically 88 degrees, um, even in the summer. But um, we, I talk about that so that hopefully you'll, you'll look out your window whether that's your home window or your car window, or maybe you're already outside, and you're going to connect to your present moment because it, it might be raining where you are. It could be sunshine like it is here in Seattle. It could be snowing. It might be nighttime. Um, perhaps you're just climbing into bed or you were going to and you decided to listen to the show, and we so appreciate that. So today on the show, we're talking about reproductive health, female reproductive health. We're talking about fallopian tubes, ovaries, the uterus, pregnancy, all kinds of lovely, gorgeous things like that. Can I just do it? That's half of it, right? (laughs) Do you just get it now? No. Oh, my. (laughs) She she gets it. You have to remember how old I am, right? Okay, well, let me do this one. Let me do this one. Oh, that is so precious. I love that one. (laughs) Okay, now does it? Okay, now it all comes to Okay, great. I got it. Yeah, I got it. So, guess how many ovum are in the female body? Before she's even born. So women produce all of their ovum. We have them before we're born in our bodies. So how many do you think we have? Those cute little eggs that are going to run into Am I supposed to know this? Because I don't know if I was supposed to know this one. (laughs) Everyone's looking at me like, you're supposed to know this answer. They're just going to run into sperm someday, you know, (laughs) probably three quarters of the way in the fallopian tubes. They won't even get out of the fallopian tube. Howdy, neighbor. How's it going? Before the sperm comes. Knock on the door. Create some fertilization. (laughs) And then we have that little sound that you just put on the radio. Um... A few, you know, nine months later, hopefully. It's either that one or this one. (laughs) Whichever one. (laughs) Wait for it. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is so cute. Uh, My neighbors um, right to the right of me, if you're inside my house, they're they're expecting their first child that's going to be born in June. I won't be in the home when the baby comes. So they've asked me to come back around to make sure that I hold the new little baby. Of course. I think they're going to have some um, high-pitched crying going on. (laughs) (laughs) Is that expectation? or? I think okay. this is well, going to be happening. Fine. Yeah, that's yeah, no, it's great. Okay. So, how many ovum do you think women have uh, in their bodies before they're born? Fifty. Yeah, four hundred approximately. Okay, four hundred little guys. See, like I don't know. No. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it, actually, it's a test I put on the mentoring uh, first exam in, in my oh, program. Yeah, it's okay. a test that we put on there. So, uh, and we, I just tested them. So I was reminded how many little ovums are hanging out um, uh, in the human body before female children are actually born, which is really quite amazing. So when you look at reproductive health, because sperm is actually created every 70 days, men are creating sperm. So they don't have all of their sperm in their body prior to birth. They're creating sperm as they live. So when we look at health in terms of reproductive health and healthy genetics for our babies, 
Yes, it is important for women to take excellent care of their health before they get pregnant and during pregnancy, but it's really important for men to take excellent care of their health all their life. Because when your sperm is being developed, it could get weirded out if you're smoking pot or drinking too much or staying up too late or any of those crazy things because these little delicate guys are being created all the time, every 70-some days. So isn't that fascinating? Because we always look at how women have to take very good care of themselves, and that is absolutely true, especially prior. If you're a woman and you want to have children, you really want to look at your health two to three years prior to getting pregnant to making sure you're eating well, you're having healthy pH, taking lots of probiotics, you're getting good exercise, low stress. And on the last show, we did talk about reducing stress, which is a big deal. Big If you're deal. looking into conceiving and, and having fun, so to speak. So it's like, <laughs> well, it makes sense, right? You right. got to practice sometimes and then right. proactively go further in the next uh, right. level. But stress is a key thing and you definitely want to back off on that, whether it's work or whatever. I mean, that's important. This is important. Yes. And we also want to point out the importance it is for men to take mm-hmm. care of their reproductive yeah. health. So whether you're a heterosexual woman and you're married or you're in partnership or you're even going to get donor sperm, you want to make sure that that donor took very good care of his health, that he wasn't out drinking you know, uh, during that 70-day cycle of mm. his reproductive health because it can affect the genetics of our um of our future children. It certainly could affect the well-being of um, the beautiful uh, eggs that eventually implant into the endometriotum of the uterus. I think you have a good point, though, too. It's uh, definitely on both sides of each coin. These are great concerns and questions for all parents to have in the beginning. And I think it should be more than adequate to ask. Yeah, I I think it's a great question. I think it's very important to pay attention to that. And it's something that, you know, I don't think we paid attention for a long time because it makes so much sense. The baby's being created in the uterus. It's, the woman is in charge of, of her pregnancy and, and all of that and her responsibility to her own health. But it's important that we also pay attention to the responsibility of the health of the sperm. Very important. So why don't we go ahead and go to the phone lines as we continue to talk about not just pregnancy, but just overall reproductive health. Sounds like a plan. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Marie Manucherry's radio show, and the toll-free number is 877-825-8828 is the number, 877-825-8828, and we'll head northward. We'll, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll take a Michelle calling in from Vancouver, and it looks like a lump on uh, her neck. Let's see what we can figure it out. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you, Michelle? I'm good. I'm good. I, I uh, My reproduction uh, system feels really good. <laughs> But I'm calling because I have the lump on my neck. Uh-huh. And how long have you had the lump? Uh, I would say quite a long time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I, I called like a while back, and and my uh, recommendation from you was about my heart chakra. Oh, interesting. So I've been working on uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. And I just thought I'd get really targeted today and ask you about this lump and see what, what you pick up on that. Sure. And do you, have you shown your physician the lump? Uh, no. Yeah, because I think that's always a good idea. I know. <laughs> Maybe you can pick up how I feel about oh, doctors. Oh, I know how you feel about <laughs> doctors. I know. And I think things happen for people who need to find a different perception about conventional medicine. Um, things happen that I, I think whatever's going on is benign, by the way. But I think it's always a great, I, I think God or the universe created doctors too. And ORs, sco- scalpels, antibiotics. I believe we need all of it. And when you've had, it looks like to me like it doesn't get bigger though. I mean, sometimes sometimes it swells just a tiny bit, but it stays pretty much the same. Yeah, I I feel like it's a lymph node. I think it's a lymph node. I I agree it's a lymph node as well. 
That's what I think. It could be a cyst as well, but it does feel like a an enlarged lymph node. So what do you do for your lymphatic health? Do you have a plan? I have been doing all those recipes oh, on good. and off that you gave me. Oh, great. And great. I do some Qigong. Great. And I do... Uh, like a really clean diet uh-huh. and sometimes lymphatic brushing. Great. And just alternate, you know, so I don't right. want to get all crazy on, you know, like <laughs> intense. Right. But wouldn't it be cool if you went to your doctor and he goes, oh, this is nothing to worry about? Do you think then maybe you'd relax? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what do you mean maybe? <laughs> all right. And, and so do you go and have a regular pap smear? Uh, yeah. I okay. Do. So the next time you go in, and I I can hear a little bit of hesitation, like maybe you wait a little longer than you need to, although I will say that we are starting to change rules. For for a very, very long time, physicians have required that you have a pap smear every year. But guess what? The FDA did not require that. It was every three years. So people like nurses knew that, and that's why we didn't always go into our doctors annually unless we were requested to or we had a problem we needed to have a a, a, you know, reta- a reason, a reason yeah. to go in, exactly. Now, <laughs> probably because of Obamacare, um, we're now really looking at FDA regulations and what the American Association of Medicine recommends. And so my one of my daughters went in for her annual, and she didn't need a pap smear. Be- she doesn't need one for three years because she just had one last year, and it was clean. So three years is a great time to wait. I think you wait a little bit longer than that. Is that true? But, uh, but every time I've gone, it's been... Fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But the doctor who's going to do your pap or your nurse practitioner can look at your neck. In fact, and, and, and I don't know if this is true for Canada, but I, I bet it is because you're more progressive in your um, health care. Is this Vancouver, Canada? That, yeah. Yeah. You're more progressive in your health care than we are actually in terms of making sure that everybody has health care. Um, and so your practitioner or your physician can look at your neck. Yeah. It's funny. Actually, my best friend's a doctor. Oh, my, have you told your best friend? Um, uh, no. <laughs> okay. So I think you have, you know, your homework now because you worry about this a lot. And yeah, I'm aware of it, you know, but all ultimately I know that all is well. Right. You know? But c- clearly you don't, you're not 100% convinced because you're doing all these things to make sure that it's okay. And you are, and from, I'm calling you. <laughs> right. And I appreciate the phone call and I think it's lovely, but your best friend's a physician. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think you can, the next time you guys are at a restaurant having a glass of wine, <laughs> right. you can just lean over and go, hey, that's what I do to all my naturopathic friends. Are you kidding? I'm like, um, could you just feel over here? <laughs> you know? and it cracks them up. They've had two glasses of wine. They're like, don't you think you need to na- make an appointment? While you're looking around at the neighboring <laughs> tables, looking at you like, what are they doing? Exactly. <laughs> um, so I think that it's time to break this phobia because what's most important, and, and you have established this well, what I can, that I can see in your energy system, something that all of us do. You're in charge of your health care. So regardless of anyone tells you, even if someday down the road you get some weird diagnosis of something else, I'm not even thinking about your neck and I'm not projecting anything. I'm just saying you are in charge of your health care. You get to make your own decisions about what you choose and what kind of medicine you want to use in your body, whether that's food, herbs or conventional. It's completely up to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm hoping that you tell your friend that you've been really worried about this for a long time and could he or she just come over and, and do a little um, palpitation on it and let you know what you already know. Okay. Okay? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Have a lovely day in Canada. Thanks, Marie. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Michelle, for calling in. Leaves another line open at Marie Manucheri's radio show. If you're just tuning in, 877-825-8828 is the number. Again, 877 825 
888-528. We are discussing about the reproductive system of the female, and we'll throw in a, a sperm or two, so to speak, <laughs> just to make easier for the men to join into the conversation, right, too, So, because sure. I'm here. so Right. So why don't we go ahead and continue on the phone line? Sure, let's do that. We'll take now Emily calling in from Seattle. And so, Emily, uh, what's going on with you? Yeah, hi. Um, I'm actually calling on behalf of a friend. A dear friend of mine was recently diagnosed with colon cancer, uh-huh. and it's spread to her liver. Right. So it's all happening pretty fast. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I'm just calling to see any, get any, in, any of your insight. Sure. And first of all, I just want to say I'm very sorry. Thank that's, you. That's a hard diagnosis. It is. Right? It has been. Yeah. Right. And and that's one of the reasons why things like colonoscopies, uh, and she could have been too young. You know, she is young. Yeah. She's old, not even 42. Yeah. So, you know, not even the age they recommend them. Yeah, because the age is 50 yep. is, is the recommendation for yep. colonoscopy. So that means she probably, so she's 42. Mm-hmm. It takes about a decade for cancer to show up. And not all ca- cancers. Some cancers are very aggressive, but it takes about a decade for cancer to show up in other parts of the body or for even a, for us to sometimes palpitate it. Mm-hmm. So she's probably had it in her body for a, at least a decade. Unless wow. it's an aggressive form, then it could be just, you know, a few years versus 10 years. Uh-huh. So I would ask her what was going on in her life 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So the colon is all about first family. So the, the first chakra governs the colon, the sciatic nerve, mm-hmm. the hips, everything in the lower abdominal area. area. So it, when people get diseases in their colon or in, in those areas that I talked about, it's usually about things in their childhood that they haven't looked at. Okay. Or it, they, in fact, they might even be in denial about it. Mm-hmm. The liver is all about anger. Mm-hmm. Right? And so li- anger actually starts, and we mentioned this last time on the show, that it starts in the reproductive organs for women. And then eventually, when, if it fills up quite a bit, if the energy fills up there, then it goes to the liver. So, so a tremendous amount of repressed anger mm-hmm. and probably first family issues. Okay. So if she can you know, have, take some opportunity, and it's hard because I'm sure she's going in for treatments right now. and things Yeah, of that she's nature. just starting that process. She's busy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's busy, and she's probably also, or eventually might be struggling a little bit with her health. She may have felt actually fairly well before she was diagnosed. And then, you know, sometimes when we get treatments going, people feel very sick because right. of the treatments. Yeah. So sometimes it's really hard to do inner work when yep. you don't feel good, right? Yes, and first family, I think, is kind of tough for her. She, she, her, Both of her parents have passed away. Wow. And so <laughs> it's a hot button, you it's know. It's a hot button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So here's here would be my homework assignment cuz here's what here's one of the beautiful things about healing. First of all, anything can heal at any moment. Yeah. Right? Yep. Anything can change at any moment. And we don't always have to go back and unravel all the yucky stuff mm-hmm. to make things heal. Yeah. Believe it or not. Right. Um so here's what I would recommend. Um, and you can talk to her about this and see if she's interested. And you're very creative. So perhaps you'll come up with some creativity that would be in alignment with this as well. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. I would love for her to imagine, um, you know, go back into her childhood, but imagine the things that were discomf- uncomfortable, like maybe her parents' deaths or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Imagine them very differently because her parents' higher self, whether we're in a body or we're on the other side, our higher selves of each and every one of us wishes we had showed up. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wishes that we hadn't caused any pain or discomfort on any on anyone, although that's part of the evolutionary process because we're not supposed to be affected by what other people do. Mm-hmm. That's something we're learning. But I think it's a really lovely exercise that can be very healing if she can go back to troubled moments and imagine a very different outcome okay. that her parents are loving, compassionate, healthy, 
you know, alive during times in her life where she wished they had been. Mm-hmm. I, that could go a long way to her beginning to shift her frequency and her vibration so we can perhaps get the medicines to work better and or um, have her recover, hopefully, um, despite medicine, <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. one of those tricky things when people start to use conventional medicine to heal, especially diseases like cancer. Um, we have side effects from repressing our immune system so severely. Yeah, and she's going to do conventional and complementary therapies both. Wonderful. So, Excellent. Yeah. So she could probably be very open to this. She Has she already had surgeries? She has. She okay. had surgery. She had a colectomy, so they uh-huh. removed part of her colon. Right, which is great. Yeah. Right, lovely. Yep. So um, because there is actually um, testing that physicians can do that's actually more accepted abroad than it is in the U.S., although physicians are fully aware of it, that when they remove cancer from the body, they can send a tissue sample to the lab, and they will actually do trials of chemo on the tissue to see which chemos are effective. Hmm. Because we're all um, physiologically different. Right, absolutely. Right? It's not one size fits all. So no. I encourage people if, if you're going to ha- you know, she's already had her surgery, her tissues have already been removed, um, unless they go back in for some other reason, this test may not be, be able possible. to be done right yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, they can also do it on blood as well, too, but the tissue is more accurate. And, okay. Because sometimes we find out through this test that chemo doesn't work. Okay. And then we can have people do other things that may be more effective for them rather than, you know, exhausting their body. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, you are a wonderful friend. She's very, very, very fortunate to have you. Thank you. <laughs> I love your energy around her because you're, you are put, holding energy for her healing. Oh, yes. And a complete and total recovery. And that's exactly what she needs. Yeah, definitely. So, yes. Yeah. Give her all my love, too. I will. Thank you so much, Marie. You're welcome. Have a beautiful day. All right. Thanks very much for calling in. And it leaves another line open here at the Marie Manu Cherries radio show. It's 877-825-8828 is the number. And we'll be back with more. Marie is thrilled to announce she will be back teaching at both Hollyhock locations in 2014. She will be at the beautiful Cortez Island in British Columbia, June 29th through July 4th. Come join her for this five-day workshop at a breathtaking venue to learn about energy, perception, and healing while basking in the beauty of Cortez. October 24th through the 26th, Marie will be at the Hollyhocks Vancouver, BC location for a a two-and-a-half-day workshop on discovering and dissolving blockages to health. Learn to discover how you can unravel old patterns and return to your authentic nature. Register online at hollyhock.ca. If you want to know how to get in touch with Marie or find out what's on her calendar, there's a variety of ways to do so. You could become Marie's friend on Facebook or even follow her on Twitter. Check out Marie's website. There's tons of new features like Chakra of the Month, a live Twitter feed, and three PDFs with extensive exercises for your chakras. You can also sign up for Marie's free quarterly newsletter and also get your questions answered in her Dear Marie column. Simply email Marie your question and she will answer it in an upcoming edition. Marie also will be speaking and signing books throughout the U.S. in 2013. Find out if she'll be in your area on her events page at energyintuitive.com. Ranger Station, Ranger speaking. Hi, I'd like to report a bear hug. Uh, okay. 
Well, before I left my campsite, I was putting out my fire, and out of nowhere, Smokey Bear showed up and hugged me? So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He likes it when people correctly put out their campfires. He's pretty big on wildfire prevention. He's just letting you know you did good with a uh, hug. He's a hugger. I just got a bear hug from Smokey Bear. <laughs> Status update! All right, I'm going to let you go now. I've got uh, a lot of uh, ranger stuff to do. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Are you looking for tools to enhance your life or to bring those things you desire into your life? Marie offers a variety of CDs to help you do just that. Get acquainted with your seven primary chakras and balance your human energy system. Or is embracing your intuition what you're looking to learn? Or would you rather focus on a healthy immune system? These CDs and more are available through Marie's website at energyintuitive.com. For a complete list of CDs available and their descriptions, please visit Marie's website today. Real people, real life, real radio. Really? Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live in Seattle. We're talking about reproductive health and anything else, you know, because people call in with every question. I'm happy, happy, happy to an- answer them. And I just want to make a correction. So there is 400 of the oocytes um, that survive around pu- puberty for women, but I was wrong about before the baby's born. There's 300,000 to 400,000 of them. Yeah, okay, we were a little, a little off a there. Little Our statistician off. helped us out with that one, right? <laughs> a few zeros missing. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, Wish but... my bank account reflected that. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so a lot when the baby girl is born and then... 400 survive right around puberty. Okay. So, so 400 to be to be using um, during her reproductive health times when, um, as we m- mature and become women, uh, 400 opportunities to have little babies. That's kind of cool. I, th- I think that's very very cool. I think it's awesome. <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and go to the phone lines? Sure. Uh, let's uh, travel to Tukwila. We have Natalie joining us, and it looks like a skin itch all over. Oof, oh. Can't be comfortable at all. Must be uncomfortable. Natalie, what's going on? Hi, guys. Yeah, it started about two months ago, and after it's not all the time, thankfully. Mostly after meals and at night or in the morning. Yeah. Um, and I think I tend to think it's related probably to my, my liver, but I will let you... <laughs> Um, Yeah, well, you definitely have an inflammatory process, and you're having an an allergic reaction to something. You know, so somehow, perhaps food, it could be food, it could be the environment, but something's happening where you're getting an inflamed reaction to something that's moving inside your body. So have you noticed any food allergies? I actually even can hear it a little bit in your respiratory system. Have you had any food allergies before? No, but I've been reading about, well, I've had some sensitivities yeah. to sugar and yeah. wheat, and I did a test a long time ago where I showed uh, quite a few sensitivities. I'm thinking maybe gluten. Yeah, and so do you, so you had this test for sensitivities. Did you stop the sugar and the wheat? <laughs> no. I know. Well, I reduced 
no. I reduced it at the time. Yeah, and... no. No, 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 no. no. No reduction. It's time to quit. First of all, sugar's not good for us anyway. It's 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 really it's not. terrible. Yeah, it's kind of like alcohol when we were talking about last time. You know, it's not good for the body. Sugar is, first of all, if we were to put a bag of flour on on the cabinet in, in, in like, let's say a pantry and we opened up the top and we had a bag of sugar and we opened up the top, where do you think the bugs are going to go? Sugar? No, they go, the sugar's so toxic, they don't even go into the sugar. Oh, yeah, yeah. They go yeah, into the flour, you know. Flour is more, um, yeah, and it's, it's. I read the, the Grain Brain, there's yeah. a new book that says that, yeah, flour is more, carbs from wheat right. are even worse than sugar, right. as far as glycemic. Well, there's, well, there's a lot of chemicals in sugar, and of course, you know, white flour and white sugar are both bleached. That cannot be good for the body. <laughs> that can't be. So I think you should listen to yourself when you have those tests done. Sensitivities mean your body isn't tolerating it well. Don't do it. In other words, it could become an allergy. That's what it means. It means that your body is having a hard time metabolizing, releasing, detoxifying from wheat and sugar. So stop it. And here's what the beautiful thing is. We have so many delicious substitute foods now for wheat. So many gorgeous. But I don't think that a lot of people... Um, should eat high carbohydrates, whether that's quinoa or wheat or rice flour. I think we eat, we consume way too many carbs. We eat way too much sugar. And I think we need to, um, in your case, not do either one of them any longer. You might be able to, after a while, build your immune system up where you could then tolerate some. But I can tell you really like your sugar, too. I do. Mm-hmm. I crave it. That's, that's, and I've been trying to, to, to make healthier choices as far as sugar, but yeah, it's still all sugar. So Right. And, and foods, so, foods that we crave, we're typically allergic to. So I, I would get rid of the sugar first and foremost. Use stevia. It's natural. doesn't have any calories. It, I think it tastes pretty good. Not everybody likes the taste of it, but you can put it in anything. It's safe if you freeze it. It's safe if you cook it at high temperatures. Um, and, and some... Uh, some brands are starting to use natural whole base stevia in some of their ingredients. It's great for diabetics. In fact, I'm, I'm shocked that our Diet Coke doesn't have stevia. Although I will tell you, um, Benny, when I was in Lubbock, Texas, there was a beautiful pizza store that had gluten-free pizza, and they had stevia-sweetened Diet Coke. I think I drank uh, <laughs> at least five gallons no of their Diet huh. Coke. Yeah, um, The brand's called 3D. So, um, so is this making sense? It is making sense. Uh, my question was, is uh, how about um, fruit? Is fruit also yeah, pretty high? It is. Avoid- right. So there are certain fruits like pineapple is very high in sugar. Um, so you want to eat fruits that are very low in sugar, like berries. You know, boysenberries, blueberries, strawberries, low in sugar, much better for the body. And again, since you have an addiction, you want to really pay attention to all the food that you're attracted to. And so protein and, and vegetables and greens, I guess, would you be You got my... it. That would be great. <laughs> that would be lovely. Diet of choice. Yeah, like, right. like, well, like maybe today's a salad with mixed greens, like a half a cup of blueberries on it, maybe a quarter cup, and some chicken or fish. I mean, that would just be a well-balanced, delicious meal. And then we'll see if your symptoms start to go away. I think they will because itching is also a sign of uh, and can be an, a yeast reaction. And people who crave sugar usually have a high growth of yeast in their body and in their intestinal tract. So um, I would definitely find some lovely substitutes and, and make your body healthier. I will. I will. I will. <laughs> it was. You. I had. I was resisting to it, but 
now you have confirmed everything. <laughs> I did have, during both of my pregnancies, I had gestational diabetes, too. Oh. So I was wondering if that might be my, my, my blood sugar, right. glucose might be. Absolutely. And women who have gestational diabetes are more at risk for um, diabetes as they age. So you definitely want to get the sugar under control. And, and, and I love how your body's talking to you. Isn't that wonderful? It's like your pancreas isn't, you know, pooping out on you, <laughs> so to speak. But you're having a rash, which is uncomfortable, I'm sure. But it's, it's just so lovely how your body's saying, don't eat the sugar, don't yeah. eat the sugar, before your pancreas starts to really scream at you. And I think that's just beautiful. What a fortunate thing. Yep. So thanks very much, Natalie, for calling in. And leaves another line open here at Marie Manu Cherry's radio show. 877-825-8828 is the number. We are live today. And uh, I think cleaner foods... And high in uh, antioxidants for mm-hmm. Natalie would be perfect. I agree. I yep. agree. And taking probiotics. That's, you know, always a bonus. Sh- mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone should take probiotics. So sure. women have two fallopian tubes. They attach the uterus at the upper angles of the fundus. So that's the upper, upper area of the uterus. That's where the fallopian tubes attach. And usually when you're going for an exam, physicians can't even feel the, the fallopian tubes. They're um, it's difficult to actually palpitate them, but they can fill the ovaries. And so the, that could, gives them a really good idea um, where your fallopian tubes might be by where your ovaries are kind of hanging out, which is really quite lovely. Mm-hmm. So why don't we go ahead and go back to the phone lines? Sure. Uh, again, the number is 877-825-8828 for Marie Manucherry's radio show. Eugenia, Eugenia is calling in from Connecticut. Uh, fibroid tumors in the uterus. Ooh, yeah, love it. Mm. Love right. it. Eugenia, what's going on? Um, well, I've had the fibroid tumors for a while. First of all, hello, and thank you for taking my call. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, I've had them for a while, and they have been monitored, but the last time that I went, they were double in size. Hmm. And, and Do you mind if I ask how old you are? I am 40, I'll be 49 this year. Okay, so uh, many times when women get closer to menopause, um, fibroid tumors can actually start to shrink, you know, because the, the hormones actually feed fibroids in many cases. Fibroid tumors are all about repressed anger, by the way. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, so do you... I'm trying to speak up more because my throat chakra has always been an issue, too. <laughs> so have you had any temper tantrums lately, like late on? I, I have. I have been taking your advice, yes. Yay, excellent, <laughs> excellent. So have your physicians talked about removing your fibroids? Not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they said I have another appointment next month, so they're going to see if how uh-huh. if it's growing rapidly or uh-huh. yeah. Um, I, I, what I do think that that's probably what's going to happen. I'm I'm actually seeing this procedure, and I don't know where your fibroids are. Are they underneath the lining, above the lining? Because that's important in terms of removal of fibroids. And once they reach under the lining, then they're more difficult to remove. I think they're by the lining, which is why it's affecting my menstrual cycle. I I think that you may, and and of course, anything can change at any moment, right? So that means Mm -hmm. they could disappear tomorrow. You could just have a great temper tantrum tomorrow, and they could decrease in size. and, And But I keep seeing the ablation. It's a technique where they go in and, and, um, in a way, kind of burn off uh, the u- uterine wall, if you will, and that helps remove the fibroids, and then we just grow a new uterine wall. I don't know the total specifics of the procedure. It's it's fairly new. I mean, it's been around for a little while. They've used it for cardiac function, too, for atrial fib. And so I keep seeing that when I look at you, so it's possible that you're going to have that procedure. And I think it would be great because here's the deal. 
you're still pissed off. You're mad as heck at a lot of things. Imagine if we get a new lining in the uterus. This is the thing. I don't feel so pissed yeah, off. Yeah, I know, because it's repressed. So, <laughs> so this is the interesting conundrum that people have when it comes to anger. Clearly, your uterus is showing us how angry you are. You have fibroids, and they're growing. And in energy uh, medicine, that is a sign of repressed anger. So okay. that means the anger hasn't been dealt with. You don't feel angry because your emotions, everyone's personal emotions, are located in the second chakra. They're really located on the second layer of your auric field. But the way we get to them is in the second chakra. And guess what governs the second, or guess what um, chakra governs the uterus? The second chakra. chakra. So right away, I know that you're not feeling your feelings because everybody has anger. Everyone has frustration. Some people Mm -hmm. express it much more than others. But people who say, I don't feel angry, they've got typically, not always, but typically more emotions of anger than the average person. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would encourage you to hang out in your second chakra and ask yourself, you know, just what am I angry about? Yeah. Or please express to me anything that would be in my highest good about anger, which Mm -hmm. is a neutral question. We're just, please express to me whatever's in my highest good about anger. We're not even saying your anger. We're just saying anger so that, because as soon as we feel neutral about something, we actually give ourselves permission to experience the situation. We become curious about it. We begin to unearth things. And I would start doing okay. that before your next appointment because wouldn't that be great if they start to shrink? Because as soon mm-hmm. as you release the anger, that's going to positively affect the uterus. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, great. Okay, keep me posted. <laughs> Thank you so much, Marie. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in, Eugenia. And it leaves another line open here at Marie Manucherry's radio show. We are here to discuss well, reproductive issues and uh, organs. Well, a lot of things actually around the female for today. I'm just there's a plethora of things to discuss. I mean, yeah. we only have an hour, but we're going to do our best. And it's eight seven seven eight two five eight eight two eight is the number if you'd like to join us. So the uterus is a small, firm, pear shaped, muscular organ. It rests between the bladder and the rectum, and usually lies about a ninety degrees angle to the vagina. So it's right inside of the body, right um, beautifully in there. Some people actually have a tipped uterus which uh, most of the women in my family, we have a tip uterus, meaning that we can give birth easier, which is very nice. In fact, every single time I went to the hospital, the last time I really wanted an epidural. I mean, I was like, <laughs> please, God, let me have an <laughs> epidural. But I, I deliver very quickly. So by the time the, the uh, anesthesiologist came into my room, I was already a nine in my cervix cervical dilation. So most doctors and hospital staff are very happy to see you. (laughs) All right, folks, this is going to be 30 seconds. We're in, we're out. We got the glove ready to roll. (laughs) So it's it's lovely to have a tipped uterus because, again, um, you know, there's more room for the baby so that it can emerge faster and there's less traffic, I guess, so to speak. However, when you have a tipped uterus, you also get uh, quite a bit of back pain when you're in labor. Hmm. So if you've had um, a lot of back pain when you're in labor, you most likely have a tipped uterus. It's normal. The uterus can be in different positions. It's not just in the position that I just, um, uh, you know, uh, spoke about, but it it can be in all kinds of interesting uh, little scenarios. Sure. Depending on the person. Depending on the person. All right. Cool. Well, let's uh, grab maybe one more call before our next break. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Marjorie is calling in from Seattle. So, Marjorie, welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, hi, Marie. Hi. I have a couple questions about spirit guides. Excellent. First, I would like to know how many I have. And second... How do they work? I mean, if you can't <laughs> directly communicate with them. Oh, yes, how you can. Do they work? 
Well, yes. Well, first of all, you have seven spirit guides, which means having a meditative practice for you is crucial. Yeah. So when people have seven guides, it's a metaphor for me. It means it's hard for them to get quiet, to become still, to relax. Does any of this make sense? Yes. All right. And so, and seven's a highly spiritual number. So I promise you, you can have a wonderful relationship with your spirit guides and great communication, but you need to quiet your mind in order to do so. Just like intuition, in order to feel an intuitive answer or um, feel that we're united with our intuition, we have to be, you know, quiet the mind. We have to literally get out of the head and relax. It's a, this whole beautiful thing about magic in the universe, it's a quiet undertaking. It's not loud. It's, it's not near noise and traffic and television and, and football games. It's very quiet. It's, it's a, a still process. It's not a, a noisy process. And what your guide's telling me is that you don't really like quiet. You like the distraction of noise. Is that true? Well, not really because, you know, I I like quiet times. You know, I read a lot. So Uh that's, you know, and I don't, you know, have the radio on or Mm -hmm. the TV on a lot. Mm -hmm. So, So when you're reading, what's happening when you're reading? Do you think it's kind of like television? Yeah, maybe because I'm picturing the story and right so okay. mo- so let's say if you're reading fiction uh-huh. right so it's like watching television okay in your brain you are creating a whole story characters what they look like you're having an emotional response and depending on what you read if it's similar to some of the things on television like there's a lot of scary shows on tv and so I don't know what you're reading. Most likely there's some mystery or something happening that's keeping you occupied. But it's just like television, but it's in your mind. Not quiet. Okay. <laughs> so even though reading is it looks like a quiet pursuit, there's a whole huge big screen going on and a lot of interactivity. So quiet really means being present and not speaking, um, not reading. It's just being present in the moment. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good luck and let me know how it goes. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks very much, Marjorie, for calling in. And uh, you are listening to Marie Manuchari's radio show. We are discussing on today's program women's reproductive system and uh, well, pretty much all the in workings around it. So if you'd like to join us, 877-825-8828 is the number. We'll be right back. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed back Caroline Heldman with hot-button political and social issues. And on Saturday, Skip and Sharon Leingang join us with their latest research and evidence from haunted places. Then NPR reporter Margot Adler talks about our society's fascination with vampires from her book, Vampires Are Us. Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Have you been thinking about heading down a healthier path, but aren't quite sure where to begin? Marie has a set of DVDs that can help steer you in the right direction, with wisdom, insight, and a dash of humor. The Healing From Within series imparts practical tools you can easily use to expand personal health. Marie collaborated with frequent radio guest and naturopath, Dr. Sheila Dunmerit, to produce four DVDs that include detoxification, heart health, brain health and hormones the dvd series can be purchased online at energyintuitive.com or by calling 
825-5671. Today might be the day I drop out of school. Today could be the last day I try. My parents alone can't stop me. My friends can't even stop me. But you might be able to. With United Way, you could tutor me, be my mentor, or volunteer to just read with me. If someone had helped me earlier, I might not be struggling. And studies prove that kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. There are tons of ways people like you can help kids like me stay in school. And United Way is calling for you to be one of them. Because it takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between me becoming one or the other could be you. Make me a success, not a statistic. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Do you live on the East Coast? Have you been wondering when Marie will be headed your way? Well, you're in luck. Marie will be teaching a two-and-a-half-day workshop this spring at Omega in beautiful Rhinebeck, New York. Join Marie May 30th through June 1st and learn how to heal your body intuitively. We all have the capacity to receive, interpret, and successfully use our senses to heal our bodies. In this workshop, you'll learn the skills needed to harness these abilities and to achieve better health. Register online at eomega.org or visit Marie's website at energyintuitive.com for more details. Hi, my name's Travis, and I'm your host of the Create the Life You Want show, airing Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we will explore our collective experiences and dive deep into all aspects of our being. Every show will provide topics, insight, guidance, and techniques designed to empower your life. I'll be taking calls, answering questions, and using my psychic insight to provide you with opportunities to access your own unique abilities to create abundance in your life right now. It's all about you on the Create the Life You Want show. Join me Saturdays at 1 on Alternative Talk 1150. Outside the box, outside the norm, inside your radio. Alternative Talk 1150. Just love it, or leave it, you find it, and keep it, because it ain't every day you get the chance to say, Welcome back to my Manu Cherry Show. We're talking about the reproductive organs. You know, the ovaries are really probably my favorite part of the female reproductive system. I think they are gorgeous. I truly do. Um, they're probably about the size of an unshelled almond, so they're not very big. Um, they're about mm, one to two inches, uh, <laughs> and they are long, and 0.6 to 1.2 inches wide, and um, 1.5 centimeters thick. So smaller in size and shape to an unshelled almond is um, how they're described. And um, they also secrete all of our female hormones. And here's one of the reasons why I like them, because sometimes women, we can be kind of passive and we, we act, you know. No. Yes. And, and, and like, really? Like we're too feminine <laughs> and we don't act very aggressive. But I really think the ovaries are our balls. I truly do. You know. And, one way of putting it. Yeah. And they're not. Outside of our body, they're inside, but we have them too, you know. And I think that women... and we're ready to throw down. We're ready to throw down. Exactly. <laughs> it may take us a while before we remember that we have them, but but they're in there working really hard. Sure. And um, they can help us to be strong and independent and confident and all those beautiful things that women I I think deserve and would help them in their lives if they would 
allow themselves to be that. The little things that do so much. Yeah, those little almond-shaped, adorable. little buggers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little buggers. Let's go ahead and go to the phone line. Sure. Uh, we'll take Joy calling in from Kirkland. Looks like she had a question about her 10-year-old daughter. Joy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. Wonderful. What can I do for you? Well, I've got a 10-year-old uh, daughter that yeah. started puberty, I think, too early, in my opinion. She <laughs> developed breast studs when she was nine. She complained yeah. that her breasts were sore. and Sure. Uh, and so she's got the full, you know, the uh, she hasn't started menstruating, but mm-hmm. she's got pubic hair, hair under her arms, breasts. Yeah are developing and so right. I'm just concerned and wondering if there's a way to slow it down. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, Can't stop the train. Huh? Right. You know what? I mean, we do notice more that boys and girls are having more hormonal mm-hmm. um, awakenings if you will at younger ages, probably because of the hormones that are present in dairy products. So that's why it's really important to buy organic um, because there, there's not hormone products typically in organic milk, cheese and butter. So that's important to remember, you know, that, that unfortunately the farmers are using a lot of hormones to um, have more production and it is affecting um, our, our human reality. So do you uh-huh. use uh, organic products? You know, I try to do, yeah, we do all organic, everything I cook only in glass. We don't use microwaves. Wow, you're doing I a mean, great job. We're just like wool pillows. I mean, we're just oh, like, yeah. You get so a gold star. That, well, that's why I'm still, I'm like, I can't buy this happening. Okay, but, but, this but this is wonderful because if you're using all organic stuff, which you are, and, and going the extra mile, by the way, mm-hmm. we know that your daughter is now on her own timeline. She's okay. not being affected by the cows, you know, uh-huh. at wh- whosoever's farm and they're, you know, shooting extra hormones into their cows. <laughs> so here's what I think you need to do. You need to relax, you know, okay. you know because, well, here's what I got, you know, because you are a very strong woman. Would uh-huh. you agree? I, mean, I am. You're aware yeah. of those ovaries. Oh, yeah. You know how to use them, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and um and so you have your own timeline about how your children mature and and when they get to fly the coop. <laughs> <laughs> and you are doing your very best to prevent that, you know, at all costs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. uh-huh. And and where is she in the birth order? Your 10-year-old. She's uh, second. She's second. Okay. And and is it a son that you have in the first? Yeah, yeah, okay. 14-year-old son. 14-year-old son. And so you just may not be that comfortable with your daughter, you know, growing up and leaving the house in the next eight years because she will. And, you know, time goes by very quickly. So here's what I would love for you to do, because um, luckily she's strong like you and she has a strong opinions like you do. You know what I mean? I love that. But I would love for you to change your energy about her beautiful rush of gorgeous hormones and celebrate it with her. In fact, I, I'm assuming you already have this planned, but when she starts her Menzies, are you going to celebrate it? You know, I hadn't really thought that far yeah. ahead. I've just been worrying about it. No coming. worries. <laughs> That's not good for her or you. Um, even my former husband, because he wasn't at, living in the house, we were divorced by that time when um, our children started to have Menzies or two of our kids. And and I had coached him way before we became um, uh co-parenting and not living together, that when that event happened, he needs to come pick them up, take them shopping, take them out to dinner. It's a big deal. It's, it's yeah. you know, going from an adolescent to someone who could actually produce a child, not that we want that to happen anytime yeah. soon, right? Right. But it's a beautiful growth of passage. It's stunning. So I think it's something to celebrate. And, and I think that, that when we do that, that helps women to celebrate their menzies. I have heard 
more women complain about their menstrual cycles to last me an extra 500 years. (laughs) And what would it be like if women loved their menstrual cycles, appreciated them, valued them, realized that they are a sign of health and fertility? Yeah. Um, So I think this is fun for you and for her to start to change now that you know, you already knew because you've taken the extra effort to make sure that her body isn't affected by um, additional hormones that weren't created in her body. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, and the thing that concerns me is I've read studies that, uh, or they say that if you start your, your menses earlier, you have more time for the hormones in your body, then maybe you're more prone to breast cancer. Yeah, whatever. You know. Yeah. I just, okay. I just think we need to n- not focus on all of those things. I, okay. I truly do. Um, okay. so, so try not to go into that, that space. Okay. When I look at all the things that you've done, which is quite lovely, um, to keep your family healthy and informed, um, and have healthy immune systems, please do it out of joy, not fear. Yeah. Okay. You know, whenever that you start to sense. do stuff out of fear, you start stressing out the body and then, then we are perhaps potentially more at risk for disease. Yeah. Right? right. So do it out of joy and, okay. and love her budding, beautiful body. And okay. all the lovely things that it's doing. Does she look good to you? She's just getting over a bladder infection. Uh-huh. Yeah, she does look good to me. She looks like she's feisty like you are. And I think you both are going to have some feisty times together. And I, I would celebrate that, too. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> Joy and feistiness. Gotta love it. Thanks, Joy, for love calling it. in from Kirkland. And I think we probably have time for one more before we jam great. out for the day. Uh, let's take Cassie calling in from Mill Creek. Cassie, welcome to the show. And it looks like some fertility issues. Is that what we're hearing? That's right. Okay. Go ahead with Marie. Uh, yeah. Um, my husband and I recently um, were tested, and um, he's got a low sperm count. Uh-huh. He's got like 2 million. Oh, oh, I don't know what the normal count is. What's the normal count for? Well, the doctor said they wanted to see 15 million oh, for like okay. average. Yeah. All right. Well, but, hey, he's got 2 million. That's lovely. We're going to celebrate. I guess I can look this one up because this might be part of what I need to know. <laughs> she so. said 15 million and is- then. I know. And then also, um, my uh, ovarian reserve is, I guess, low. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Um, But that number was higher than it was supposed to be, the FSH. So, um... Well, we know for sure no hot showers for your husband. Yeah. And and no tight underwear. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because, and I'm sure, I'm assuming that your fertility physician spoke to you about that, you know, that, Uh you know, to, to... want to keep the area at a normal temperature and not mm-hmm. too hot and things of that nature. So, and so do you have any children yet? We do. We have, um, two children. Oh, nice. And actually, um, that's part of the reason why his count is so low because he had a vasectomy and then had it reversed. Oh, well, that's actually quite amazing that it worked. <laughs> it's very rare. And of course it depends on how they did the vasectomy. I'm imagining they're changing it. Um, the procedure because so many people want it to be reversed. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But that, I, I hope you're celebrating. That's amazing. Usually only 5% of reversals actually work. Mm-hmm. So that is phenomenal. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, yeah, it's better than It's super nothing. exciting. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So so what are you worried about? That it's not going to work and you're not going to have a third baby? Yeah, I just, I, I just kind of... I don't know if it's time for me just to sort of surrender and just... Well, I always recommend surrendering no matter what. I think it gets the job done. Whatever needs to happen, happens. But look at this. Your husband has sperm. Two million of those lovely guys. So worst case scenario, the physician could collect a whole bunch of them, right? Mm -hmm. And inseminate you. Worst case scenario. 
Well, they said that's not. Really? That's not likely. It's not. Oh, I, I need to go worth, back to because nursing they said, school. That's why they said, <laughs> yeah, that's why they said they'd want to have $15 million for that to even be oh, possible. Oh, considered. Oh, interesting. Wow. So what are your options? What are the options but, that they I mean, given we you? could, this is another thing we yeah. could do in vitro. Sure. Um, With his sperm. Uh-huh. Right. But it's, it's costly. It is costly. It is. It's very expensive. So, and insurance covers part of it, but right. I just, I just, I don't know. I guess I'm just looking for some well, well, guidance. You, are you right. are you both open to the conversation with this? Obviously, I mean, you you went both for testing, right? I mean, you're aware, uh-huh. both aware of the situation. So it's like obviously what we discussed last week and today with stress. It's a right. very big deal. So I think Marie had an excellent point of just like reducing it. I mean, doctors have their their points and their stats of as far as you know 2 million to an average to 20 to 150 million per wow. mm-hmm. per you know per milliliter so i mean <laughs> maybe just relax a little bit enjoy right. it have fun with it right. allow things just Vinny, to happen out you're giving that the might best be, okay you are, and right. in fact go make love and have wow. a lot of fun making I'll love i'll be right back make love a lot <laughs> just have a wonderful time enjoying each other and yes. if a fabulous baby comes out of this if you don't want to spend the 10 plus 20 grand to have in vitro um, lovely. And if you decide you don't want to spend that money, then lovely, because you will have enjoyed making love with each other. How okay. does that sound? That sounds good. That's kind of where I was headed with, with the idea in my head. So. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. And it only takes one sperm mm-hmm. to fertilize an egg. That's right. Knocking on the door. Right. <laughs> open, her, open her up. And we just want those guys to be great swimmers. And maybe if you're both relaxed, having a fabulous time making love, one of those guys will just break free... And go very quickly. Hitting the gold medal. That's I did right. it. I'm yeah. in. I'm in. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah, that'd be perfect. Right. And notice how the energy is right now because mm. we're talking about things in a positive way. We're celebrating mm-hmm. the sperm. We're not talking about, oh, we need 150 million of them. We just need one. Right. And so if you guys are relaxed, making beautiful, gorgeous love, which is probably what that next child wants to happen when he's being created anyway, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he wants his parents to be having a wonderful time enjoying each other. <laughs> so go have some fun. I like how you're referring to um, him or the baby as a him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So go have some fun, enjoy each other, and let one of those guys break free, but only through fun. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thanks for calling. That was prescrip- really fun. That's the prescription. Yeah, that's for the you, prescription. Cassie. Have a that's beautiful it. time. Very good. That was very fun. See, I love your energy, Benny, because that's exactly how we can make things change. Frequency is how we shift our energy. When you're focusing your thoughts and your feelings on one paradigm, then you're creating a matrix of energy that has to match that paradigm. If you change your vibrational pattern, your frequency shifts, you have a brand new paradigm that then surrounds you, which means many, many new opportunities and possibilities. So you always want to shift your energy towards what you want, making great love and one of those guys breaking free. Happy babies coming up. Happy babies coming up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. I will be heading to um, New York and Canada. Please go to energyintuitive.com. I'm also going to be at East West Bookshop in July. So go to energyintuitive.com so you can check out um, where I'll be on the East Coast and in Canada and, of course, right here in beautiful Seattle. Have a lovely day. Joyful blessings.